Hey everyone, and welcome back. Uh, we've had a couple week break on our uh, podcast. I was out of town for a little bit, and now we're picking up on episode 21, and we're going to be talking with uh, Alfredo this afternoon. Hey Gary, how you doing? Good, good. And we're going to be talking about the Sermon on Sunday, which is part of our Plenty to Share series, and it was titled uh, Generosity, Why? And, and both of those are questions. They have question mark. Generosity question and a why question. And uh, I want to say it was really good and I really enjoyed it. And I heard I heard some feedback on, on Sunday morning that uh, it was really well received and people were still thinking about it and, and talking about it. So that's uh, if, you, if you missed it, make sure you go back uh, and on Facebook and listen to it or watch it there. So uh, one of the questions I want to ask you is, is kind of a, how did the sermon come to be? Uh, when did you when did you begin to think about some of these concepts? And I know for you that that actually means uh, going back pretty far because this is tied into a, a research project that you've been working on for a long time. So tell us a little bit about that. So yeah, I've been working on my research research project, and uh, one of the things that I have to put together is how do you demonstrate uh, generosity to others. Um, and how is that expressed in the Bible, right? And so we talk about, in the past, uh, we have been talking about abundance and how God has already provided whatever we need for our own life and our own journey. And then we also talk about gratitude and how mm-hmm. important it is to be aware of what we have been given and what we are able to give to. So basically that. And then so those are basically the two important uh, foundation places where you go into uh, expressing your generosity. If you are aware of how much you have been given Mm -hmm. and you're aware that you actually uh, are able to enjoy those uh, those and use it, then you will be grateful. And that moves you into continuing to give what you have been given. So generosity is basically the expression of uh, what you are, your realization as uh, regarding what you have been provided with and the opportunity to share with share, share those blessings with other people hmm. and uh, what what does your research project center around uh, what, what kind of data are you collecting so I'm looking into how people understands and practice or embraces general uh, abundance uh, you know we talk about that in the past how people feels and 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 understands their life from a, uh, you know from a point of view that is more of from the scarcity and fear mm-hmm. that from the idea that they have been provided with uh you know the enough right so on my research what I'm trying to do is to um find out what is it that our congregation understands it's not how much I want to teach them, and but how much they are already know mm-hmm. regarding uh, their understanding and practice of abundance, uh, uh, gratitude, and generosity. So I'm being giving some uh, surveys, uh, interviewing people, leaders of our church, and also obviously workshops mm-hmm. that we've done and collecting information from their input and in the conversation that we have and the small groups that we had and the, on our last uh, workshop. And so, for instance, I found out that when I asked the, the congregation, I mean, the group that participated at my first uh, workshop, what are those five, five uh, more significant gifts that you have been given? Hmm. You know, and I I asked them to use their hand, you know, to count them basically, <laughs> and so most of I mean most of everybody were 
clear that they were grateful for their life, they were grateful for their family, their relationships, you know, the work. So that was kind of common. But then when I asked the same question regarding the church, you know, what are the most meaningful five gifts that our church has been provided with? It's amazing how people, the first place that people went to was the the members, I mean, the, the community. Uh, then the leaders, the pastors and the leaders, and then the building, and then uh, the generous participation of the people. So I've been g- getting uh, information from different places in our congregation. Mm, I like that. That's really interesting. Uh, one of the things I immediately thought of when, when you talked about um, kind of the way that we view our blessings and abundance having that affect the way that we live. I think about when I when I go on mission trips and one of the things that uh, people uh, come back with and when we debrief and talk about what are you feeling, what is it like, um, for us in the in the West and us, us in America, almost every time I hear someone say something like, these people have so little and yet they give to us and they give to people around them. Wow, I don't know if I had that little if I would give that much and or I look at myself and I have so much more and yet I'm even more hesitant to bless others or, or to give or to give of my time. And um, I think uh, the way that we view scriptural understanding or biblical understanding of, of generosity and blessings and abundance is definitely being filtered through our culture and how we live and where we live and what we have and what we don't have. What do you think? I, I believe so. I believe that uh, we have been taught to fear more than to trust. Uh, we have been taught that you might not be able to retire, for mm-hmm. instance, that you not might be able to pay the hospital bills, that you might not be able to take care of your children, you know, college. So much is based on fear that I'm, I'm, I'm kind of thinking, you know, how many times have you been told, hey, you don't worry, you're going to have support, you know, God is going to provide for you. Uh, not that you don't do anything, you know, but you do your, what you have to do. But then you have a community, you have your family, you have friends. Uh, you even have things that happen almost by chance when you meet in a stranger, and that stranger mm. might be the link that you need to move forward. Uh, so we don't talk about that a lot. Yeah, we don't talk right? like that. Yeah. We talk more no. about what is it that we are afraid, worry about. Mm-hmm. But uh, we need to talk a little bit more about you know, how, and, and remember when we talk about the large village, I, I guess we were talking about the same, how much we have been provided uh, and it's waiting for us. Sometimes it's just waiting that we get to a certain place where another person, another connection will be uh, clear for us, will be available for us. But I think we are more worried about what is it that we are missing? Hmm. Yeah, where is the where is the room for for God and faith and trust in mm-hmm. in this uh, in this fear, you know, I, I I've been working with students for a long time, and and I I see a lot of students transition from that from that teen to young adult, and we often ask, uh, and I think it's good questions, uh, who do you want to be, what do you want to do? Um, it's really rare that I would hear a, a student tell me, well, you know, my parents say, you know, just do it, whatever it is God's called you to do, and He'll take care of you. Usually it's like, you know, you need to be a doctor or a lawyer or work really hard or, you know, you need to make sure that you have a career before you can get married, uh, go on mission trips, uh, uh, be useful for God. First, you have to be, um, take care of yourself in a way that you can be 
stable and ready to be used by God. And, and the point to that is, is that maybe you are so worried about doing the same all the time, mm-hmm. taking care of yourself, making sure you are safe, and make, making sure that you need you you have what you need, that there might not be room for God. Right. <laughs> you know, there might not be a possibility where you can come out of your way and say, you know, I have this. And that's generosity. Generosity is a way to come out of your own way and decide that you will do something what will you have with, with, with that that you have been given, you know, and you just say, well, okay, you know, I've been provided with this wealth, with this time, with this gift, expertise, knowledge, experience, whatever, you know, and um, and then I'm going to stop here and I'm going to make a difference and a contribution in, to this particular community or person or family or a stranger or anybody where we choose to, to make a, a difference. Yeah, and, and one of the things you said on, on Sunday I thought was really great was uh, generosity turns needs into praise. So, um, you know, you, you, we could have said generosity uh, takes care of needs or fills needs that people have, but but instead, from a from a kingdom perspective, uh, generosity uh, turns the needs of others and even the needs of yourself into uh, di- directing praise towards the Father, mm-hmm. because you're living in a way that um, is leaving room for nothing other than God. Mm-hmm. You're not leaving room for for you to come in and fill it with things, or, or you're not even leaving room for your gift. Uh, you're leaving room for the only way that you were able to take advantage of that opportunity. Uh, looking at generosity and abundance that we've been given through God means that I am able to give that because of God. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the reason that um, I was able to help someone or bless someone, and it points them back to God. And I think that's a, that is a very different perspective that we have than, than us able to do these things because we worked really hard or we're good at it naturally or something. Yeah, that day on Sunday, I said that generosity, generosity also impacts God. How? Mm-hmm. By the praise that we uh, we are mm-hmm. giving Him uh, and the gratitude, uh, thanksgiving, because that's, that statement is based on the context of the passage that we used that day, uh, which was Second uh, Corinthians chapter 9 and chapter 8, that talks about how the Jerusalem church that was going through a very difficult time, uh, they when they received and heard about the generosity of the Macedonians and the, and the Corinthians, they were praising God in advance. Hmm. Like they were like, wow, what kind of God we have, you know, our brothers and sisters from, you know, the Greek world, they're going to be helping us. And they were already praising God and praying for the Corinthians and the Macedonians. And so, and I also brought out the fact that Avanza, this organization down in South America, Caracas, Venezuela, they were also doing the same when they heard that PPC was supporting their ministry down there. And I even mentioned the fact that there was a picture with a little kid wrapped up and an American flag, you remember that? Yeah. And he was, I mean, he doesn't probably know, understand everything that was going on, but they were praying for the United States, they were praying for our church, and for me, that's generosity uh, transforming needs into praise. Yeah, something that I've heard, and, and you can—I would love to hear your feedback on this—and tell me, um, it's probably a lot more complex than this. But one of the things that that uh, that I've heard, and we hear when we go serve in, in places with um, a lot uh, uh, less compared to the West, is that people who have less depend on God more. They might not know where their next meal is coming. They might not know. Um, um, where they're going to be living and their and their living situation is 
is you know with friends or family at sometimes and they've just they live in such a different culture and i don't know if we say this as a way to kind of separate ourselves sometimes that they're able to have that type of faith because they have less or um is there um, a deeper understanding of god's abundance when we just depend depend on him in such a significant way so I do see that some people tend to believe that if you do, if you are lacking more, you're probably trusting more. You're looking for that support from the Lord and, and from other people. I can see that. But I also can see that if you understand where your blessings really come from, you know, uh, you can say, well, yeah, my father or my mother or, you know, my great-grandparents, they built a fortune and that's the reason I have a lot today. You know, you can go back that way, or you can say, you know, actually, everything that I have, or we have, is a gift that basically goes back all the way, all the way back to creation, mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. God, you know, basically provided everything that humans need, and and order to survive and thrive, and then so, <laughs> and then we have used what we have been given, and we have built fortunes, and we have built many amazing things, but it all goes back to who is the real source of what we have. So I think if you and I and other people that have more than other people in the world think about our resources and privileges as a gift, mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. as a something that I take it for granted, but something that I was I have been able and blessed with, uh, um, you know, then we will also think that as this, as as well as the other people are, are depending on God and trusting him for everything, we will continue to do the same because we don't have the power to control mm-hmm. uh, everything that we have. Right, yeah, everything is the Lord's. Uh, something that I thought of on, on Sunday morning, and it's been so significant that I just, I didn't even write it down, just been thinking about it every day. Uh, when, when you talked about... Um, Every hour is grace, and this is a gift. Um, I thought about the saying, and more specifically, the song, like, count every blessing, you know? And I think how wonderfully absurd that is. Uh, uh, you, you can't count every blessing. It's if, if, every, if everything from creation to now in existence, including, you know, the, the good and the bad and the life and the breath and, and every day, you can't count every blessing because you'd wake up every single day and you would just begin uh, a, a numerical tally that would never end when you went to bed. And and I don't think songs and poems are, are, are trying to say that you should do that, but almost looking at that, that you just can't. And how how wonderful that is, is that you, the fact that you just couldn't count every blessing even if you tried. Therefore, live in a way in which you're so overflowing with God's uh, uh, with graciousness to God because he's blessed you, that you live in a way that truly everything, your whole life is, is a blessing and you want to pour out to others. I think it's a good way to put it. You can't count them because they are too much. Right. Okay. Uh, it's like when God said to Abraham, can you look on the stars and count each one of them? Mm-hmm. He will not be able to do that, definitely. Uh, oh, this, the grains of the sun, mm-hmm. right? Remember that? I mean, how many are those? It's, those are millions and millions and millions. So I guess what uh, my understanding is when you, you say count your own blessings or count, count your blessings is a way to, to remind yourself how much you have that you don't have to be worried about what is it that you're going to be lacking? Mm-hmm. You know, um, you go back to that and God is probably making a point. The point is, do you realize that you are showered with 
this many blessings. And yes, grace, you know, is everywhere, every time. There is no a single moment in our lives where grace is not present. Right. Uh, w- one of the things that you said on Sunday that uh, if people are following our Instagram, I, I kind of I quoted, I think I put it on Facebook as well, is, is you said that uh, uh, going through life uh, looking for opportunities uh, to bless people is is a way that we imitate God, is a way to be like God. Like God. Uh-huh. And I think that um, on the surface it seems simple. Yeah, we should look to bless others. But I, but I don't think, I think it's really hard to do. You think about your day, you know, you're uh, driving here and, and going to meetings, going to DMV, you know, just different things. Are, are you really looking for opportunities to bless uh, friends and families and strangers and, and people on the highway? Um, or do we kind of default in, into into uh, not just wanting blessings for ourselves, but, you know, if, if we're the priority and it's going to be awkward to take out a step to, to bless someone, um, I think that challenge that you gave us, which I love, to... To, to be looking for opportunities to bless others, I think we quickly kind of default into uh, a self-centric view of even our, our, our average day. How can we uh, really begin to, to take this perspective shift from, from looking for those opportunities? And, and I think we would agree that God provides those, but it's our job to recognize them and step into them. How can we be better, be better at that? I think we have to train our eyes a little bit more mm-hmm. to try to discern uh, beyond the appearance, you know, because there are some people that might not look like they will receive what we have to give. Uh, like today, I, as, I mean, I was interesting. I was driving to uh, one meeting that I had in Anaheim, and uh, you know, and suddenly a, a car came out of the the lane to, that was next to me. And I almost crashed. It was hmm. all crazy. And I raised my hands and like, what's going on? What, what did you just do? Right? And the guy showed me his hand up, like saying, sorry. Right. I, I, that was an ima- amazing moment because I, the last thing that you're thinking about when you almost crash is about, I forgive you, right? Yes, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what are you doing, right? For, for me, when I saw that hand, I saw a hand of peace hmm. and say, I'm saying, you know what? I'm sorry, I shouldn't. Ha- I should have done this, but I did it. Will you please bless me? Will you forgive me? Yeah. And immediately I, I lift my hand and I'm like, yes, go, no problem. But I think you have to train your eye. You have to train your heart to understand that you are more than a re- somebody who's supposed to react. Mm-hmm. If you plan a little bit more about reacting, a little bit less and less. Yeah, I react like anybody else would do. But I think sometimes we we are more. We need to be more aware of what are those invitations out there calling for our attention. And we are not capable of blessing every single person, but we are capable of blessing some people. Yeah. And so we can choose. I, I will tell people that to to try to practice with their own family, right? Practice with some um, church members. Practice with other friends. Mm-hmm. Try to build that generosity little by little. And then also try other people, yeah. you know. Uh, and so I think it's a matter of how do you uh, look into it. Right. I'll give another example. Um, what about when you're on social media and I'm doing the universal, I'm holding one hand and I'm swiping my finger up and you're just swiping through feeds and Facebook and most are family and friends some are strangers and how often do we go beyond the view to to maybe a like 
to a significant comment to like, thank you so much for sharing this. Or maybe uh, it's, you know, a cousin or a friend or a, a, a younger person who puts their something out there. Maybe they, a song or they took a photo. You know, what about, this is really beautiful. Thank you for sharing uh, something. You know, I, I think that uh, we're definitely, that's a difficult space. We kind of get tied into just kind of the next thing and, and forgetting that um, these are real people that are being represented by these social media sites. How do we practice blessing those people? That's a really good question. I would say that you have to be able to decide that you're not going to have to like or uh, comment of, on anybody else other than one person mm-hmm. at least mm-hmm. uh, per week, per every every two weeks, every two weeks, uh, two days or whatever. But you decide to choose one person. Right. Just go with that one. I mean, you don't imagine if you get to comment on every single person who is providing, you know, whatever good things yeah, that are. Yeah, there's no way. That becomes just more an obligation than than a, really a privilege. And I think if you stop and decide, okay, you know, I know I've been giving a lot of likes. Like sometimes I, I do this kind of stuff. Um, I say, you know, why would this person need a like? Mm-hmm. I don't see why this person would need a like. But then I see other people. And I see, you know, only five likes here. Okay, yeah, you yeah. know, I guess the, this person need a like yeah. uh, or a comment or yeah. something. I think we shower those who have too much. Yeah. And maybe it's a time to kind of be more selective. Yeah. And choosing one or two, that would be nice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it's interesting to think, how can we take that to the next level of blessing? You know, uh, maybe everyone's getting comments like, cool or, or fun. But, but what if you took a, a moment to kind of engage the relationship you might have with that person and tell and, and speak some life into them, something that you know that they would um, appreciate? And it might mean that uh, we get to view some less content or we, or we spend a little bit more time on one person's uh, status than we wanted to, but, but what is it about? Mm-hmm. Is it about looking for opportunities to bless people or is it just about going through a day doing what it is that we want to do. If it's about looking for other people, then we'll spend that time interacting in real life and online looking for ways to change people. So may I give you another example? Yeah. So I, 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 w- I became friend with somebody this year, right? He happens to be from a place that I know. And uh, so we started building this relationship and then he posts something on, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I noticed he was becoming, I'm not sure what he was thinking that he was he wanted to accomplish okay. but it became something that i don't think he meant okay okay so i decide i i, I think about it, i stop and say i'm not going to say anything on this on this particular post mm-hmm. but i'm going to text him mm-hmm. uh, privately yeah. and i'm going to say with all with the best words that i can uh, whatever i have to tell this person and i felt that, like it was a little bit difficult mm-hmm. but it it was much better than com- making the comment in there right so i did that and the reaction was of appreciation yeah. and, and and gratitude and 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 this person said you know maybe you might maybe you're right hmm. so i i think that for me was a, a good moment yeah because i know i'm not gonna be i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie to you i felt challenged uh to what to write yeah and, and like you say it takes time i mean what would you say how you say it Whatever, but I did that, and it came across really well. Sometimes it doesn't, but normally I try my best not to comment on Facebook when it's very complicated because I know it goes somewhere else. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, so I did that, and it worked out really. That's well. a great example because that that came into your to your life. You saw this, and you took that time, and that happens online as much as it happens uh, uh, in person. And, and the last thing I want to end with was is is t- uh, two examples because I want to talk a little bit about um, one of the the points at the end of your sermon: uh, magic doesn't change a person's life; a touch does. And um, and then uh, after service, I, I saw someone practice uh, generosity. And um, I, I didn't ask permission to share, so I'm not going to use any, anyone's names. But I saw a church member come up to another church member and say, when I heard Alfredo say that, I immediately thought of you. Um, the way that you talk to people and you interact with people, you're touching their life. And mm. you, you do that in a way because you speak with grace, kindness, and softness. And the person was grateful and said, you know, thank you so much for sharing that. And I think that that person who shared that, you know, really was a great example of that, of, 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 of touching someone's life. And I don't know if they thought that would be awkward for a little bit or, or not, but they, they could have continued on with their Sunday morning, got their nitro coffee and left. But they heard something. They took the opportunity to be a blessing in someone else's life and speak life into them. Yeah. So um, the reason why I said that, uh, you know, it's no magic that changes people's life. It's because I think somehow, whether we, we like it or not, we want, things to happen dramatically sometimes mm-hmm. like okay we see that in jesus's life that sometimes he's healing somebody but i do remember a case where he have to go back several times in order to heal this particular person mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. go back clean you know remember that he put mud mm-hmm. into his face or that kind of stuff so for me why would why didn't he just dramatically heal him right away right mm-hmm. no he didn't so he dealt with that for whatever the reasons, right? And for me, I think we we need to build more into that. Like, how do I continue to be a touching uh, or, 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 or a healing touch to other people without being dramatic? Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, it can happen. Yeah. I don't have any doubt. I totally believe that if God wants to heal somebody or do something spectacular, he can. But I noticed that normally he does that more like by the the continuity of it, you know, right. like doing one one kind thing after the other right. until something happens. Yeah. Um, la- one example that comes to mind is the man who was begging at the temple gates, uh, you know, by, by uh, in Jerusalem, and Peter and John came to him and said, you know, they were looking at him, he was kind of expecting from them to do something for him other than nothing else but money, you know, and they look into him and he said, look at me. And they look, and he looked at him and said, we don't have gold. We don't have silver, but we do have something that you need. In the name of Jesus, you know, be healed, yeah. right? Uh, and uh, what is fascinating to me, you know, if you, if you look at it carefully, that even though he was already jumping and walking, you know, then when, he, when he's asked, or basically confront, they are confronted about what happened, the Bible said that he's holding their hands or something like that. He's with them. Uh-huh. So so the touch is still there. Yeah. You know, he's healed, but he's, or now he's part of the community. So the touch remains. Okay. And I think we need to do that more often, yeah. keep going with that healing and um, gracious and grateful um, touch uh, as Jesus did and other did too. Yeah, I love that. It's kind of like, and I, I even experienced that um kind of this summer working with children, it's the difference between, you know, um, 
saying a kind word and being encouraging, which is totally great. And but the next level, the constant touch would be you know, kind of committing to learn that student's name, mm-hmm. and and I'm committing to um, be their friend, you know, and and uh, committing to take just the spontaneous kindness to this more personal, as you said, continuation of that kindness and that blessing, which turns into like an ongoing either relationship or just an ongoing commitment uh, because that's what the person needs. Mm -hmm. Something more than just a small, uh, a one-time kind of blessing. Well, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. I think it was uh, really good. I think people uh, really enjoyed it. Now we have a, uh, this is the second to last of this series, correct? We have a new sermon series coming up. Uh, Do you want to share a little bit about that? So no, we are going to, so next Sunday is the last sermon and the last workshop. Right. Okay, right. and then we we we'll go back to go uh, right. on the uh, the book of Luke. Right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, that should be fun. Yeah. Thanks again for coming on the show, and uh, don't forget that uh, you can subscribe to this uh, on iTunes and now on Google Podcast. Uh, if you haven't done so already, you can also download the PPC Church app, and you can listen to this podcast uh, here as well as find uh, links to our Facebook page. Um, but I definitely recommend into subscribing to it because you'll get a reminder on your phone when it comes out. So thank you so much for participating in, by being a, a listener, and we'll see you on Sunday. Bye.